Hello, and welcome back to the Performance Cycling Podcast. This is a Prem Lab. I'm Todd Norwood here with my co-host, Jason Hammond. Hey, Todd. So today we're going to talk about non-seated riding. We're going to talk about getting out of the saddle and some of the studies that are involved in how riding changes when you're not in the saddle. So the first study, uh, this one came out actually pretty recently. Um, they took 15 male cyclists and they did four separate tests seated and non-seated at both 70 and 120 cadence so uh, into four tests and they did all of these tests at 50 percent of their instantaneous max power which if you have a fancy research lab you can measure that instantaneous power for most of us we can the best we can do is one second power but the these athletes were at about 10 or 11 watts per kilo for their 50 percent of that power so for me, that's you know 750 watts or something like that, which makes sense. So these are you know good athletes, you know cat three, cat two, and they looked at their power output for each joint angle. So we've talked about how um, your power output changes by your different joint angles in a previous preem lap, but that was all for seated riding. What they did was they looked at non-seated riding here versus seated, and they noticed that. Um, knee power decreased by 15% when standing at both 70 cadence and 120 cadence. And they noticed an increase in hip power and also an increase in ankle power for the standing position. And the other comment that the author noted was that the negative power at the knee when standing was greater. For example, if the right leg is at six o'clock, when the left leg pushed down at the top of the pedal stroke, it had to lift the other leg up, the other knee joint up. Effectively, it was causing the knee to bend on the right side. Yeah, and example. so the, the the power from the left leg was going into you know the right leg, causing the right knee to bend, as opposed to going into propelling the bike forward. I think I noticed this with my own riding as well. Sometimes you, you sort of get stuck at 6 o'clock when you're out of the saddle, especially at lower mm -hmm. cadences. And so I think that was that phenomenon. So... It's interesting that they noted that we have increased hip utilization, so that's probably glutes, and we have decreased knee power, so we're actually seeing less use of the quads and more use of the glutes when we're standing. Don't you feel that sometimes when you're riding? If your quads are feeling a little a little fried, you stand up a little bit to get a break. You, you change position to get a little break and shift the muscles a little bit. So at least for me, this feels intuitively, well, yeah, my quads were a little cooked, so I stood up and sure, it went to my hips and to my calves. Perfect. That's what I wanted. Yeah, I definitely noticed the hips. I can feel uh, the glutes engaged when I get out of the saddle. I don't know about the ankle part. I, I know that uh, ankles are used a lot, especially out of the saddle. There's this great video of Andre Greipel in the Tour de France where you can see the biomechanics of him using all three joints to produce power. But I, I guess I just don't feel the the calves as much maybe i am i'm divergent from this study group um but yeah you can definitely feel the increase in glute power and that's interesting because it makes me wonder if sprinters should be focusing on their glutes a bit more than than just their quads we normally associate quads with higher power output fair fair enough although so i think the interesting thing about the calves it probably depends on where your cleat position is right? relatively further forward versus further back is going to 
make your calf work more or less. So for, further forward is more calf use. Is that correct? Because mm -hmm. you have a longer right. lever arm uh, yep, on the your foot. Your foot becomes a longer lever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so if you have over overused calves, you can push your cleat closer to the midfoot. So the second study I have is on low cadence non-seated riding. Well, they did the same 70 and 120 RPM, but most of the findings were for the lower cadence. And what they did was they looked at the center of mass of the athletes during non-seated riding. And so we can look at this as imagine the position of the belly button. That's a good estimate for the center of mass. And we want to look at the vertical displacement of the belly button during you know non-seated riding. And so if we think about sprinters, they actually have not very much change in that center of mass. You know, they usually have this good, strong, stable core. And then if you think about this Tour de France rider who, you know, they're on this big mountain stage and they're in the breakaway and they're exhausted and you see just so much movement of the body on the bike when they're standing, you know, this rocking back and forth, this big movement. And that is what they're interested in is how does that, what's going on with that center of mass, that big movement. And they actually speculated that if you can lift the center of mass and then lower it again, what you're doing is you're, you're using the force of gravity to push down on the pedals when you do that effect. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, so they, of course, research, you have to show it, not just um, talk about it. And so they took, they took athletes and they put them at 10%, 30%, and 50% of their peak power at 70 and 120 RPM. And this was all, all of these were out of the saddle. And they noticed that there was an increase in change of center of mass at higher power and lower cadence. And one thing to note is that at lower cadence, you have to put in more force into the pedals. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense that you would need to recruit more force somehow from the body. And it's, it's, I think this is interesting because I do see riders who do this bouncing. And I think I was going to say, I think mountain bikers use this technique a lot. And they, they tend to be a bit more animated when they get out of the saddle. I don't know. It's, it's interesting that they can quantify this. And should we be thinking about adding it into our repertoire on steep climbs? Should be, we be intentionally trying to bounce back and forth? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I always think of it with mountain biking as being about the terrain more so than necessarily trying to extract every last ounce of power. But I, I think that's a totally relevant hypothesis is that we're trying to use our body to get every last watt so we can continue up that hill and stay on the bike and keep moving forward. Yeah, I think the other point I noticed, like for example, Lachlan Morton does this a lot and that's on road climbs rather than on dirt or uh, mountain biking. But it's interesting because this is guaranteed to give you the effect from the other study where your knee sort of gets stuck at six o'clock. If you're a low enough cadence and a high enough power where you're doing this like full body leaning to the other side, you, you're just pushing straight down and you get stuck kind of at six o'clock and then you have to lift the body back up to the original center of mass high position in order to push the other leg down with your whole body. So it's, a, it's this very sharp movement. And how do you get your center of mass back up? You have to push on the, the down pedal once it stops wanting to move down. You know, at six o'clock, you have to push on the pedal to lift back up again. 
it's a very um, choppy pedal stroke, but it seems like it's something that we naturally start to do anyway. There was no prompting from the study or the authors to say, you should be using this technique. They just noted that the technique existed when they forced riders to do you know, higher, lower cadence and higher power. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, if you're trying to get over the hill faster than the next person, you do whatever it takes, especially if you're tired. Yeah. And actually, I tried this out on one of my recent rides and it works. Like if it actually feels kind of natural. And I wonder if uh, this is what Alberto Contador has been doing the whole time. I'll have to look at that the way he rides a little bit more, but I would encourage the listeners to go out and try it. Get on like a, a pretty steep climb and like maybe a gear that's maybe one too big and bounce the hip back and forth and really try and use your body weight to put into the pedal and see if it works for you. It, it could be it could be that just the technique works for your body. Yeah, it could be a new way for you to get over those hills. Yeah, and I suppose the cadence naturally has to be low because you couldn't oscillate back and forth at 120 very effectively. Yeah, you would just you know bounce your food out of your back pocket at that point. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. So that's all we have for the pre-lap today. Uh, get out there and go ride your bike. <laughs>